I'm Tavin Nasir, and this is Leadership Biz Cafe, a podcast that provides insights and tools to help leaders take on the challenges and opportunities found in leading today's workplaces. Leadership Biz Cafe is brought to you by Tavin Nasir Leadership, our leadership firm that offers keynotes and corporate trainings in both in-person and virtual settings that will help you to improve the way you lead and guide your organization's growth and future successes. Now, if you've been enjoying my podcast and the insights and tools I've been sharing on how you can improve your leadership craft, and you're interested in having me expand on them with your team and organization, I'd like to invite you to check out my speaking page on our website at tavernaseer.com to learn about some of the topics I could discuss at your upcoming event. And now I'd like to introduce my guest for this episode, Kamalish Lardi. Kamalish is an award-winning digital transformation expert and the CEO and founder of Lardi & Partner, a global digital and business transformation firm. She's a teaching fellow at Durham University Business School and was the first chair of the Forbes Business Council of Women Executives. Kamalish is also the author of the best-selling book, The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation. I've invited Kamalish to join me on the show to talk about what leaders need to do to successfully drive digital transformation in their organization. Hi, Kamalish. Welcome to the Leadership Biz Cafe. Thank you for having me, Tanvir. It's a pleasure to join you here today. Before we begin, Kamalish, I want to share an interesting bit of Leadership Biz Cafe trivia with you. The last time I spoke with a guest about digital business transformation was director of the IMD Global Center for Digital Business Transformation, Michael Wade. And what's interesting about that conversation was that the episode was released in December 2019, and the focus of our conversation was around how organizations need to embrace digital transformation or risk having to play catch-up. Well, we all know a lot has changed since December 2019, but one thing that hasn't is a lack of clarity over what digital transformation really means. As you write in your book, people often use the terms digitization, digitalization, and digital transformation interchangeably, even though they mean completely different things. Seen from that perspective, it's easier to understand why so many organizations and their leaders are struggling with how to succeed in their digital transformation efforts. So to make sure we're getting things right off on the right foot here, Kamalish, could you explain what we mean by these terms, digitization, digitalization, and digital transformation? Absolutely. And it's so incredibly timely, right? The, The podcast that you had sent out at the time, because since 2019, the world as we know it has completely transformed. And we've been exposed to a completely new way of working and you know, new possibilities across the globe. It's quite exciting, actually. Um, but we're actually seeing the, the business world kind of fall back and come back into the old ways. But first, let me answer your question. What is digitization, digital tra- digitalization, and digital transformation? And Part of the reason I wrote my book, The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation, was to create this level of clarity and common understanding for business leaders. Um, I found myself over the last two decades of implementing digital transformation projects, technology implementations in strategic advisory. There was always this um, lack of common language at the leadership level as well as across the organization. And it was a common Uh, situation where we had different people understanding the same terminology in different ways. And so this is why I wanted to create a certain level of clarity around 
uh, implementation of technology. So when we talk about digitization, it's it's really the kind of the smallest element, right? Creating digital processes, creating, implementing a, a new technology within a business space. When we talk about digitalization, we're really going into the next level of utilizing technology where we have a business function or a, a business area that's being digitized or modernized. When we talk about digital transformation, it's a whole different ballgame. What we're really looking at is an organization-wide change or transformation. We're looking at every part of the organization shifting and transforming, utilizing and leveraging the capabilities of technology to optimize, to modernize, to um, basically uh, automate as well as to create a new environment of business. And this really involves end-to-end organization-wide change, top-down, bottom-up, and uh, across every business area. Now, understanding that this can be very complex when you're transforming an entire business, this is not a typical technology implementation with a start date and an end date. We're looking at a transformation of a company. So it's really like an evolutionary process. It's a, a journey that an organization takes. And throughout this journey, there are several elements within the organization that need to shift and change and transform. And there we're going to see as well exponential potential in some of these business areas enabled by the new technology solutions that are available in the market today. You know, there's also another term you define in your book that I think will also help our listeners better understand what's really involved in digital transformation. And it's the term digital culture. Because I think there's an important distinction you make here for how we should view our adoption of various emerging technologies like AI and augmented reality and the inevitable impact it will have on the way we interact and the behaviors we adopt in response to their daily usage and application. Because I think one of the things that we're struggling with right now is that we might be looking at our employees and we realize for probably the first time ever, it's our employees who are embracing a structural change before the organization. Because as you pointed out, we're talking about, when we talk about digital transformation, something that's not just the implementation of a digital technology that has a start and end point. And we have to put people through maybe some training and so forth, but really a transformation and an evolution to the way we operate as a team and organization. Well, absolutely. You know, digital culture has become part of our human culture today. If you think about it, we wake up in the morning, most of us pick up our, our mobile phones and, you know, it's become kind of an additional appendage, right? It's like a third arm, to be honest. It's part of who we are and what we do. We engage with people across the globe. Uh, we are connected to different organizations and brands across various channels. We've become this digital human culture. And our acceleration as human beings into this digital culture has accelerated. We are adopting technology almost as quickly as these technology solutions are being developed. A simple, timely example of this, if you think about uh, last Christmas, Christmas 2022, everyone was talking about the metaverse and we were talking about you know, uh, virtual reality. And fast forward two months into 2023 and all of a sudden it's all about chat GPT and this global phenomenon of generative AI. Now, generative AI has become accessible to the global human community. It's become accessible to the masses and people are adopting it so quickly that it's created this transformative change across the global business landscape. So we are part of this digital culture. Now, the unfortunate situation is that organizations typically 
incumbent traditional organizations are a little bit slow in adopting um, these technologies. We've got processes, systems, infrastructures in companies that are not changing as quickly as they need to change. And sometimes you can think about it as, you know, the Titanic, right? A massive ship in the sea. It's very difficult to turn such a ship around to, to behave in a dynamic way, right? Even though you see the iceberg coming, it's difficult to turn because you're heading in that direction. So I think this is something that many organizations are facing at the moment. It is certainly my experience when I'm speaking to business leaders across the globe. They struggle with understanding what the impact of this digital culture is within their organization and how they can transform their company. A simple example, I worked with a uh, global bank uh, advising them on creating a new digital organization or digital-based digital organization, so a team structure within their company. And we were setting up this very dynamic organization structure with a digital center of excellence uh, where the team would be upskilled and trained. And the simplest element within that construct, in order to order a new laptop in the organization, it takes four months because the laptop has to be ordered, purchased, and then set up so that it is secure and it has a specific build and to be implemented for the new employee for onboarding. So you, you have a very quick process of getting people into the organization and upskilling people who are in the organization with digital skill sets. But then you have a system that slows everything down because it, it the infrastructure and the, the system behind it is really slow. So this sort of environment exists for many organizations today. So Kabbalish, in the context of leadership, you describe in your book how there's six leadership traits that are critical to succeeding at driving digital transformation. Those six traits being having an abundance mindset, knowing how to empower people, displaying consciousness and empathy, being adaptable and flexible, having closeness to customers, and exhibiting courage and conviction. In terms of leadership alone, these are important traits to have, but how do these leadership traits help us specifically with the process of digital transformation? So the first trait is really about abundance thinking and thinking beyond the limitations of the traditional business environment, thinking beyond the limitations of your physical environment, and thinking beyond the limitations of what you can do as an organization, really thinking at in terms of exponential growth, exponential um, reach and scale that you can create with these new technologies. So this is an essential element to shift the way we think um, and start thinking exponentially, start thinking about the new potential that these technologies could create for business. Another key element is really around um, empowering people. The traditional organizational environment where you have directive top-down leadership or top-down uh, guidance within the organization, this is shifting as well. We have a new generation of people who are entering organizations, entering the marketplace, and they're looking for environments where they can engage at any level in the organization and they are able to make autonomous decisions. And this, these are the generation of people, if you think about um, the post-millennium, millenniums, the uh, alphas and the Gen X, these are the people that are really coming into the workforce, having grown up in an environment that is digital. They are familiar with digital businesses, digital touch points and interactions. This is the generation of people who grew up with the iPhones and the iPads, right? And the last generation that didn't have technology when we grew up was the Generation X, that's my generation. 
Um, and you could really see a different way of thinking with these uh, new generation of talent. They want to be involved with organizations. They want to drive the kinds of products and services that are created for them. They also want to engage in their roles within organizations differently. And they don't believe so much. And I'm speaking in, in general terms here, but we're seeing this growing shift in sentiment and trend where they don't believe so much in this hierarchical structures and they like autonomy and they like to be more empowered. And this is where traditional leadership styles of being directive um, starts to get challenged by this new generation of people in the workforce. So it's really important to think about how do we motivate this new generation of people? How do we empower them and create opportunities for them to contribute back into the organization and the business? And third element is really looking at the consciousness and empathy element, right? Um, I recently actually gave a TED talk exactly on this topic about creating a revolution in the technology industry by um, moving leadership teams towards embracing commitments to empathy, vulnerability, and um, basically finding new ways to engage in the market. Leadership teams within the technology industry are responsible for so much change. They are responsible for new technologies that are coming out in the market today that could impact the lives of people across the globe. And addressing the empathy and addressing kind of conscious leadership that we're looking for, awareness about the impact they could have and how they could create good in humanity, good in the global marketplace with these technologies is so crucial today. Um, there are several other elements as well. Courage and conviction is definitely key. Um, that really relates back to um, digital transformation processes create change within the organization. And this change could trigger different kinds of reactions with people. People are creatures of habit. When it comes to transformation or change, there's always a certain amount of resistance. And at times, this can be a challenging situation to be in if you're the person driving the change. And so having that courage and conviction and understanding for what the final outcome is going to look like, being able to communicate that to the workforce and being able to take them on this journey towards this new environment, the transformative environment, is going to be a key trait that leadership teams need to demonstrate. Uh, closeness to customers is absolutely necessary as well. And this I find in my own environment, right? Oftentimes when I speak to uh, senior executives, C-level executives, the first question I would ask them is, when was the last time you had a conversation with your customer, the people that you actually sell your product and service to? And you'd be surprised, many of the leadership team members that I speak to are so far away from their customer base. Their main interaction and touch points are with their direct reports in their organization. And so this closeness to customers is so critical because it creates a level of empathy and understanding for how does the market use my product and service or the products and services from my business? What kind of impact can I make in the market? And what is shifting in the market in terms of applications of these products and services or the problems and challenges that we're trying to solve with our business? And so this closeness to customers, so essential, having senior executives and leadership teams have touch points with the people that actually use their products and services. And finally, adaptability and flexibility. As we said, transformation is an evolutionary process. It's a journey that we go on. And as part of any journey, you would have um, changes, dynamic changes, and being able to adapt and be flexible. You know, one great example we started this conversation with is, is the coronavirus. 
many organizations had to find ways to pivot and transform and change very quickly in order to adapt to this global change and this one-of-a-kind, one once-in-a-lifetime type of change. And so this adaptability and flexibility is so crucial to be able to understand how do I shift my business quickly in order to maintain the, the profitability and the, the kind of income base and revenue streams that I currently have, but still be able to take advantage of these new trends and these new shifts that are happening in the market. And this is such a crucial element for leadership teams as well. I love this answer you just gave, Kamalish, because you're setting us up to discuss one chapter in particular in your book that I was so eager to talk with you about, because you discussed two topics that I address in some of my keynotes and workshops, namely purpose and empathy. So let's start with purpose. As you point out that for digital business transformation to be successful, you need to be able to answer why this matters in terms of what we're trying to achieve and become. So how do we make sure our efforts are purpose-driven and how can this help with the process of digital transformation? The purpose-driven element, Tanvir, is so crucial for any business. Um, and you, you know, it's quite surprising because I do kind of test these, um, these frameworks and these you know, thought processes on the ground in real organizations. And you get very different answers when you enter an organization or you know, ask questions around, what is the purpose of the company? What is your purpose in, in your daily work? You get such a, a range of different answers from people. And one of the most important things that I've noticed with companies that have been successful in their digital transformation and were continuously successful during, for example, the, the coronavirus phase, is they have a strong sense of purpose and this strong sense of purpose and values were shared by people in the organization. And this is so exciting to see because it really drives in this, this kind of um, understanding that organizations don't exist in the market just to make money or to have commercial success. Businesses exist in the market for a purpose, to deliver a specific purpose for the um, consumers, for the, the global marketplace. And once companies understand what this purpose is, it makes it so much easier then to understand how they add value to consumers' lives and what can they do to continue adding value, to continue staying relevant and to maintain this kind of sustainable success. So Purpose Driven really looks at um, creating an environment of understanding what your organization does, what is the kind of problem space you exist in, what is the value you create in the market, and driving that through out the organization or communicating that throughout the organization. Companies that have this strong sense of purpose, and the way we define this usually is by running workshop sessions within the organization to align with a set of strategic objectives, understanding your vision for the market, and also looking at the organization's DNA, right? So understanding the cultural environment, the types of um, uh, the type of industry that you're in, the type of business that you're in, and what you want to achieve as an objective as a human being within that organization as well. Um, and companies that are able to define this purpose and communicate that clearly, what we found as well is they tend to attract people with these similar shared purpose and values. And when you, you attract the people in that sense, so you have within your organization people with shared values, they become resilient organizations, organizations that are able to go through tough times, organizations that are able to go through transformation and create additional success or shared success for themselves as well as employees. 
companies that struggle with this purpose environment, we're seeing a lot of those examples today, are the ones that tend to uh, fall back on, on strategies like mass layoffs when they go into situations that are financially difficult, for example. And we, we see a clear, um, distinct difference between organizations with these clear purpose and values and those that don't have them and don't communicate them clearly. So with this in mind, I'd like to talk with you about something you call digital empathy, because I think this is something many people struggle with, in particular leaders. When we talk about working in a flexible work arrangement where we're not all working in the same space at the same time, and that is, how do I relate and understand people in a digital setting where those nonverbal cues might be harder to decipher, not to mention being able to foster and nurture a sense of connection and belonging? So could you elaborate on what you mean by digital empathy, how we go about building it, and the role it plays in digital transformation success? So digital empathy is really looking at how we engage with different individuals um, across different channels, right? And this became so much more critical and important in the post-COVID environment, particularly after um, collaboration platforms increasingly became used within teams. And we have this increase of remote, virtual and hybrid teams existing within our traditional organizational environment. I can share a short story with you, Tanvir. Um, when COVID first hit, uh, this was back in early uh, 2020, I would say, um, many of the, you know, many of the organizations were shifting into this kind of um, digital work environment or remote work environments. And I was doing digital mindset coaching with several uh, people from leadership teams, basically helping them kind of restructure their teams and um, redefine the kind of um, decision points, basically allowing people to make autonomous decisions. One of the leadership team members that I was working with uh, broke down into tears and started to cry because in his 35 years of experience as a organization leader, he had never experienced an environment where his people were not in the office with him. And most of his digital touch points, including, you know, mostly email, as well as engagements on social media and so on, were being done by his secretary. Every other touch point that he had was a physical touch point. And he was at a complete loss in terms of how do I lead an organization and my people when I don't see them every day and I don't know how to use these technologies. So I pushed him into the deep end to, to um, explain what I did. And we basically um, got onto a virtual environment, right? So he purchased himself a very low cost um, set of um, VR glasses. And we entered into a VR space where I took him on a journey of um, virtual meditation. And then we went into a private space where we were conversing with each other through our avatars as if we were in that room together. And this was an eye-opening experience for him because for the first time, he felt engaged and connected to someone who wasn't physically present in that environment. And it was kind of an aha moment because it hit him that there is a different way of doing things. And this is one of the ways you create digital empathy, basically creating awareness, having people try new ways of doing things and understanding each other in those new environments. And this is a very, very important element of understanding. Um, it, it could even display itself in the simple way of we, how we write emails to one another, right? Emails don't translate tone. It doesn't translate sentiment. It doesn't translate 
emotion very well. And so when we read an email, you have to always ask yourself, is that how the person meant it? Is this how you are supposed to be engaging? Is this what they meant to say? What they're meaning to be offensive? Uh, so these are sometimes questions you need to ask in a digital environment. The same thing with social media. Um, when you know social media first started becoming popular somewhere around the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, we had a significant number of companies saying, this is not for business, right? This is not what we need for business. It's never going to be business relevant. And today you'll be hard pressed to find a, you know, an a international and even small, medium-sized company that doesn't have a social media presence. Most organizations have a presence on social media, but the way you converse on social media, the way you engage is very different from how you would do it face-to-face. So this is where digital empathy plays a role. It's that awareness of how things translate in a specific digital channel, what kind of communication could be acceptable there and could not be acceptable. How do you engage with different team members and what is required within that space? And sometimes this requires learning, right? So I remember back in 2007, 2008, I was running a lot of workshops for leadership teams on how to communicate on social media because we had a number of people uh, including in you know large global banks who were setting up social media accounts you know um, and trying to communicate but getting it wrong and sometimes making mistakes that could be quite detrimental to the brand so we had to really train leaders on what social media is and how you communicate on these channels so over the years you build up a certain um, awareness of Different channels have different ways to engage and try to understand the person behind the channel because the channel is just a communication or touch point. What you're looking for is engagement and empathy towards the individual behind it. If there's a customer complaint coming in uh, via a digital channel, how do I engage with that person and try to understand what kind of tone they're trying to convey to us. So digital empathy is really a, you know, this is one element of it, really having a strong understanding for the human aspects and how that translates into these digital channels and how to utilize digital channels to create engagement with people. Um, and within the digital transformation space, this is so crucial because you want to create a sense of belonging. You want to create a sense of acceptance and a sense of advocacy. You want to, for example, within an organization, if you're implementing a new technology solution, you want to get to a point where people in the organization advocate for that solution. They want to, they want others in the organization to try your, your solution because it's great. This new tech that we're using is fantastic. So how do you get to that point? It's really understanding, and this is something we specialize in in my company. As we implement digital transformation, we try to understand who the different stakeholders are. What kind of role do they play within the organization? What challenges could we address with this solution in, in, that we're implementing in their business? What are the problems we're solving for them? What's the motivation for them? If there is resistance, where does this resistance come from? Is it a lack of understanding for what the solution is? Is it a lack of um, or a fear of losing control or a fear of not having the skill sets to use the tech? And once we understand this motivation, we can create communication and a transition plan that aligns closely with what the stakeholders need to help them understand the benefits they get from this transformation piece. And that requires a certain sense of empathy and understanding for people. 
Um, so we've, we've had to really hone the skill. I've had to really build the skills over the last two decades to help me truly understand people and their motivations and how technology could be delivered to them that becomes usable, that becomes something they advocate for. You know, I think you've set us up here to get a bit more granular here, Kamalish, and tap into your experiences of guiding organizations through their digital transformation by exploring how we go about not just starting this process, but managing it over the course of the journey this will take our organization on. And to start that journey, we have to take into consideration what you call in your book, digital transformation building blocks, which help to break down the whole digital transformation process into these smaller, more manageable blocks. And these digital transformation blocks are consumer experience, products and services, people, processes and operations, and business models. And what I like about this model is how integrated these different blocks are. So while you might be focusing on one of them, you're also doing the legwork needed to start on the next one. So could you walk us briefly through these digital transformation building blocks, Kamalish, and how they can help us with this process of digital transformation? Absolutely. You know, Tanvir, one of the biggest challenges I faced um, in the early days of, of digital transformation in my career was really having organizations understand where they need to start. Um, there was also a challenge around different organizations with different, uh, you know, digital maturity levels with different capabilities, the various industries that, um, you know, I worked companies that I worked with were in. And so there was always this um, difference in terms of where do we start and what do we need to do to, to kind of get into this digital transformation mode. So when I developed these uh, building blocks, the objective was really to start to define easy manageable pieces or kind of break down the transformation work into uh, simple understandable elements and help organizations focus on that. Another key challenge that was often, um, you know, something that came out with companies that I worked with as well was focusing too much on uh, digital marketing elements or too much on just the technology implementation, right? The tangible implementation of, of a solution, a technology solution. And often forgetting all of the other elements around that, the people, the process, the data, uh, the operational environment, and so on. And so these building blocks helped to highlight and keep in mind that even though you're not addressing all of the building blocks, eventually you will need to. And over time, all of these building blocks will need to be addressed and developed. And so the four building blocks really, as you mentioned, are consumer experience, which is something that many organizations tend to focus on. Uh, it's looking at kind of creating digital experiences and touch points, creating superior experiences with technology for your customer base. Um, the other, the second piece is around product and uh, service digitization. And that really focuses, you know, you can do that in several different ways. Really taking your existing products and services and making them available on digital channels or acquisition channels. Um, creating a new set of uh, digital versions of your products and services that could be sold to your customer base, or even coming up with a completely new set of products and services, just leveraging the capabilities and the new tech that you, that you could have access to in your business. So organizations really need to think about you know, what kind of products and services they want to produce and how they want to make that accessible to their customer base. The third element, which is so extremely important, it's the people process and organization element. And this is something that many organizations either fall short 
or they, they don't address within their digital transformation journey is looking at how do my processes, my existing process environment transform in order to make these new solutions and technologies um, usable as well as productive and effective within my business environment? How do I transform my operations environment to deliver on these new capabilities towards my customers? A good example of that, during the coronavirus pandemic, we had so many organizations very quickly shift into digital acquisitions and digital channels in order to continue their business within that um, remote environment or non-physical space. But what I found working with many of these companies was they were not able to, you know, there was a sudden increase in digital acquisition and digital touch points and engagements, but the traditional operational environment within the company struggled to deliver on those digital acquisitions. And so they had to then start looking into the organization in terms of how do we shift and transform our operational environment, our delivery environment to make those new acquisitions accessible to our customers. So this was a transformation that was almost forced onto many organizations that I had worked with. And the people element is so crucial. We're looking at not just upskilling and training people, but new types of skills, new capabilities, new competencies that were required within this new business environment as well. As more technology is implemented, as more digitization and, and efficiencies happen, you want to see a new way of structuring your organization of building out your teams as well as making them effective within this digital space and the final building block is really around business model and revenue streams right new technologies today like if you think about blockchain if you think about ai augmented and artificial and virtual realities and so on these systems are making new business models possible and, you know, it's almost your your um, imagination is the limit because you can come up with so many different ways to generate revenue, to create solutions in the market with these new technologies. But how do you pick which is the technology that's going to be most effective for your business that can leverage your existing business environment and that can be commercialized for your next revenue stream? That is the key question that we try to address within that building block. And so for organizations, what we typically do is when we start off in the digital transformation strategy development phase, we tend to categorize the solutions or the, the outcomes in the initiatives against these four building blocks, and we start putting them into a roadmap. So organizations know, you know, in the next one year, two years, or however long your journey expands, these are the things that need to transform in your company that will give you organization-wide change. And these elements are really going to drive the future of your company. And they see that laid out in a kind of roadmap with the clear distinction between the different areas. So every part of the organization will eventually transform towards the digital future. Um, what I've done as well, you know, we had this conversation earlier, Tanvir, not everyone has the time or the ability to kind of read the entire book. So what I've done is I've taken these um, key concepts and approaches and methodologies and put them into kind of a um, online learning. So leadership teams as well as transformation teams and pretty much anyone within the business space can access these learnings and in uh, you know a short amount of time basically upskill themselves in terms of how do you run a digital transformation um, journey within your organization. You know, Kamalish, I know we've only scratched the surface on the deep dive of insights and strategies you share in your book. 
on how leaders can successfully lead digital transformation by embracing some of the things I've been talking about here on my podcast and my speaking work, things like empowering your employees, creating a purpose-led organization, and tapping into our own sense of empathy to better understand all our stakeholders from our employees to the customers who use our products and services. And I do hope people will check out your book as there's so much more in there to guide leaders through this process. But I just want to give you an opportunity that resource that you were sharing, where can people go and access it? And I'll make sure that we include a link to that in the show notes. So the website is called DBX, as in digital business transformation, dbxschool.com. Wonderful. And if I could end with one point that you've shared throughout our conversation, it's that we have to be reminding ourselves that the process of digital transformation is not an endpoint, but an ongoing journey where you have to keep making adjustments, adding new tools and replacing others while making sure you keep your purpose, your true north front and center. So Kamalish, thank you so much for an illuminating, informative conversation. I think we all learned a lot from listening to you today. Thank you for having me, Tanvir. It was really a pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about Kamalish and her book, check out the show notes for this episode on our podcast page at tavernasir.com LBC. And if you're interested in learning more about my speaking work, please check out my speaking page on my website, where you can learn more about the topics I share in my keynotes and corporate training sessions, as well as what leaders and attendants had to say about the insights and ideas I shared at these events. I'm Tavin Nasir, and you've been listening to Leadership Biz Cafe.